I'm Stefan Sittig, and welcome to American Theater Artists Online, where we talk with leading contemporary figures in American theater. If you've been enjoying the American Theater Artists Online podcast, I urge you to consider donating to help the artists who produce the theater that we all love so much. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, many performers, designers, directors, choreographers, stage crew, and theater administration staff are either without a job or in peril of losing their jobs. The Actors Fund provides assistance to artists to cover basic living expenses, such as food, essential medications, utilities, and more. If you love and enjoy theater, please consider donating to the Actors Fund today. Just go to actorsfund.org and press donate. My guest today is Gisela Chipe, an award-winning actor, writer, and producer who works to create greater visibility for black and brown stories. Her theater work has been seen off-Broadway at the Classical Theater of Harlem and PS 122, and at regional theaters across the country, including the Actors Theater of Louisville, the Guthrie Theater, Hartford Stage, Huntington Theater, the Alley Theater, Syracuse Stage, DC Studio Theater, the Contemporary American Theater Festival, and Florida Studio Theater. Half Ecuadorian and born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, she grew up speaking Portuguese, Spanish, and English. Her extensive TV and film work include the feature film Bel Canto opposite Julianne Moore, and roles on NBC's Manifest and CBS's The Good Wife. Gisela frequently lends her voice to national commercials, campaigns, and audiobooks in English and Spanish, including the promos for the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio for NBC Universal and Univision. Hi, Gisela. Hi, Stefan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm so excited that we were able to get you here on American Theatre Artists Online Podcast. Very happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I, I feel really honored. I was listening to some of your other guests and I I hope I uh, show up well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. No, no, it's no coincidence. We don't we don't pick people as a you know on a coincidence. It's we always have a very good reason for the people that we want to talk to. We like to talk to leading contemporary figures in American theater. And as I'm looking over your resume and all the work that you've done, um, I think you more than qualify. <laughs> so before we dive into talking about the thing we, we both love a lot, which is theater, um, how are you holding up during this quarantine time? How's everything going? Oh, man. what a, It's the question of the hour, of the age, right? Yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel hopeful. Um, there are definitely times when I wonder and question my life choices. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> oh my goodness. But you know, funnily enough, um, I have been, I've been very, very fortunate that during this time I've actually still been able to book work. Uh, a lot of my work has started to be go online. Mm. Um, and whether, you know, it's, it's voiceovers, audiobooks. um, I'm speaking from my booth now. I've actually been able to make that that transition well. 
Mm-hmm. I was going to say, your um, voice sounds so serene. It's so peaceful. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, training. Exactly. <laughs> um, and singing and singing too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm finding that that has been, it's, singing has always been for me a kind of church, a kind of, of, of sinking in a kind of relaxation because we're breathing, right? I mean, that's what they always teach us to do with meditation and things, but I find it hard to sit still sometimes. So singing is, is kind of my meditation and that's oh. what I've been doing when things get challenging, of course, talking with people, but, you know, talking about theater, I really feel like this is an amazing, powerful time with a lot of potential how so for theaters well i've talking with my you know comrades my my fellows at arms we're Mm. really really looking for some change some some deep foundational change to how we approach theater in america i'm looking for representation of all ilks diversity Mm. not just for diversity's sake but diverse ideas of what diversity looks like yes right in a theater so um i was speaking with a friend of mine and wherever you fall on the spectrum i I respect and want to hear what you have to say um this is for anybody else who's listening out there obviously that um but i would love to hear your thoughts on this stuff and is that coming from even like uh diversity in a visual format like an aesthetic Um, or whether it's a diversity of ability, a diversity of, of thought, of, of, of culture, of where you're, where you're coming from, what language, um, I think that, you know, we are seeing too, because of the closures and who is the most, um, most susceptible to this. Uh, virus are older folk who tend to be more of the audience around mm. the nation at regional theaters and oh, wow. on Broadway yeah. as well. And so thinking about that as we get trying, I mean, the theater is always trying to get younger, more diverse people in, but now it's like, okay, you've been saying this, but now you actually get a chance to, to look at your foundation, look at your board, look at your leadership, look at, at even you know your office and see are you are you walking that walk are you Mm. or are you just talking that talk you know what I mean and so there's even things like there's even things like Mm. um we see you I don't know if you've seen that that hashtag um the -hmm. soul project I'm I'm a part of it's uh, or that I work with frequently mm-hmm. is really interested in trying to put Latinx voices onto the stage, whether it's directed, written by, acted in. Um, I helped develop a play called The Copper Children by Karen Zacarias. Oh, yes, and I know was, her in the D.C. area. She's from, she lives in the D.C. area. Yes, yes, yes I love her so much, and mm. I love her work, and I actually... That actually helped me through the pandemic some. Thank you, Karen, is that I watched the Oregon Shakespeare Festival's um, recording of a preview of theirs, a high-quality recording of a preview of theirs, so a kind of digital theater. Mm -hmm. And I really think that, again, OSF, other theaters are at the 
the forefront of this movement of getting theater out to more people. Mm. And that includes, you know, the access of, of seeing something online. Mm -hmm. And it certainly doesn't replace being in the room where it happens. Sure. Um, but, <laughs> but God, I just turned off the lights and I watched on my computer and I felt like I was part of a story. And, and that's what I love about theater is it, it joins everyone together in the dark, it cracks hearts open, mm. and that's what I'm about. Well, that's wonderful, Gisela, and I think that I can't think of a better, actually, ambassador than someone like you to talk about um, more representation, racial unity, bringing us all together with our differences, because you are the product of a biracial and bicultural household, and you grew up in a third country, right? So you are, in a way, I think, fully equipped to be a great spokesperson, if you would want to. I mean, I'm calling you that, I know, you know, uh, for this kind of movement to take us to the next step of, of having a more integrated, a more, um, you know, open theater that really represents more voices. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. You know, I think that this movement is going to be on many fronts. So while I, I'm so thankful to be, in your opinion, like a, a perfect spokesperson, I do think that there will be people that do not seem perfect, that do not come from, from the kinds of backgrounds. Like you're, you're talking about, you know, my, my history is, is all, while it's very true, I know that there are people out there that really want change and it's going to come from all points from all and different yes. ways of attacking this thing. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I, I grew up and, and my dad is Afro Latino. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom is from Kentucky and <laughs> I grew up in Brazil where I saw a diverse group of people. I was born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, mm -hmm. and I do speak Portuguese and Spanish and English as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, so from a very young age, I, I really wanted to see people that looked like me on stage, on film and television. And moving to the States, that was quite a culture shock. You know, I didn't, I didn't really see that mm. in my community uh, growing up. I, I grew up um, in Louisville, Kentucky. So you, came, you moved to Kentucky after being a child in Rio. And, and when, what, how old were you when you came back to the U.S.? I came back to the U.S. when, I, or I, I for the first time. For the first time, time. yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your mom, no, your mom was, came back to the U.S. with and brought you. And your that's right. Sister. That's right. I was I was eight. My sisters and I were eight, and oh, oh my God, there's a story my mom tells all the time of like because we're we're very brown. We were um, at the beach all the time, mm -hmm. you know shirts off everywhere, and just like kids, you know, running around, mm -hmm. and my. So many people came up to my, my mom says this and she was like, one person one day was like, how sweet of you to have adopted three oh, Brazilian geez. children. And she was like, I bird them. They came out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my children. Uh, not to say that. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. She oh. was like, oh, yeah. you best yeah. uh, educate thyself. Well, it's hard, because right? It's hard. Yes, and I mean, I, that's the biggest thing is like we come in all colors. Latinos mm -hmm. come, Latinx folk are, you know, from from the whitest skin to the bluest eyes mm -hmm. to like the darkest, deepest, beautifulest skin with, you know, brown, brown eyes and, and yeah. brown 
I just, it's, we're, we come in all colors. So it's been a real uh, part of my mission mm-hmm. to get people to see that we, we come in all colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my mom is blonde and blue eyed and she's Latina, right? Latinx. So I see. that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Right. And so we, um, and also bec- like you, I'm, I'm fluent in, in Portuguese, Spanish and English. And I often am privy. I'm sure you've had this situation where someone will be speaking and you'll, they don't know that you understand them, but you understand them because they assume that you do or do not speak whatever language, you know. Uh, so that's interesting to me. I've been privy to a lot of, of conversations, some not great, uh, about yeah. Latinos or Latinx people because um, they didn't think I spoke Spanish or they didn't. <laughs> it's been interesting. But so um, I know. How did you so we know a little bit about your background I got here, but how did you get first interested? Why the theater? What happened for you that it was it something you always wanted to do or did you have a mentor or someone that helped lead the way or did you always sure. want to be an actor f- or from the day you were born? Like how how did that work for you? Well, my mom will tell the story that I was acting in her womb because she was directing something when she was pregnant with me. <laughs> um, my mother is a is a beautiful performer herself. She's a singer, opera singer, and director and actor. Mm-hmm. And um, so she really encouraged my sisters and I to sing and to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a more public way as children. And we, we would sing at church as well and do performances. And so she was a, a huge force um, for me. Beginning from when I was like two years old, she would sit us down on her lap and sing with us at the piano. And mm. I feel very, very grateful for, for her education and her her passing that down and her appetite for 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 different languages, for for music from different styles and backgrounds. So we got a really, really good education in that. And that was how we had fun. And my father is also kind he's, I would call him like a big clown, a big payaso. He, <laughs> he would be, you know, just telling us stories. He's a storyteller from, you know, way back. He's, his family is always making up poems and songs mm-hmm. lyrics together it's it's like a pastime in ecuador i think to mm-hmm. to just like at least that is in my family i won't speak for all of ecuador because i don't know every all of ecuador but um <laughs> right but that was your experience that, 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 that you yeah that's my experience and that they were just like my mitias they would just call each other and call my papa and 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 share a poem a bit of poem and then somebody else would share something right on top of that it's a kind of improv mm-hmm. and then you know he has beautiful stories from ecuador that that are just hard to hear sometimes mm-hmm. um because they grew up they grew up very very poor mm-hmm. and so you know i i feel i feel very thankful very fortunate and um i stand on my ancestors' shoulders and oh. try to to honor them. Yeah, well, I think you're doing great so far. Uh, but the you know, and it's it's <laughs> you've talked a bit about your background and your parents, who were obviously very yeah. key figures for you uh, growing up. And then from that, so you, then you arrive in in Kentucky at the age right. of eight, and 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 you know, obviously mm-hmm. you continue the 
the, the singing with your mom and the, the learning about stories mm-hmm. from your dad. But how did you get from that to then the stage? Um, how did you connect it with having to perform or wanting to perform? Was it from a singing angle or was it an acting angle? Or both? Initially, my, it, was, it, was, it was a bit of both. Um, I sang a lot and there's a kind of performance in an ensemble way with mm-hmm. singing in a chorus. Mm-hmm. I was not ever uh, a soloist um, initially, but then um, I actually got started with my training training when one of my friends um, at school uh, talked to me about a conservatory that he would go to after school. It's called Walden Theater in mm. Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and now it's called the Commonwealth Theater. And, um, you know, I, I got a scholarship and I was able to go after school and study Shakespeare. And at wow. the time, it was wild uh, processing, you know, my adolescent emotions. <laughs> I, Shakespeare was the thing that actually gave me some solace. I was a kind of a serious kid. And I think moving from Brazil to Kentucky was part of that, that, you know, it was quite wild as, as a kid in Brazil and then coming to the States, having an accent, being made fun of, mm. you know, I was, I was definitely an outsider for a while. And, and, you know, the goal coming to the States is like trying to, to integrate with everything, but there's always a part of me that felt I, I wanted to express something else. And I also, initially, I just wanted to be able to raise my hand in school and answer a question that the teacher asked without feeling shaky or scared. Mm. And I have to say that that still hasn't left me, but I have more tools yeah. and the desire and the desire to express myself. So, so that training really helped me move forward with my joy for, for the classics and also to train me to, to hone my voice, to, to be kinesthetically aware of my, my body. I also did a lot of sports. That's on my dad's side too. Mm-hmm. We, I played field hockey. I was a competitive swimmer. Um, I, I, I played ultimate Frisbee. I was in rugby for a brief time until I realized, oh my God, my face. I, I need my face for work. <laughs> yeah, can't a, do this. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, right. So you're not, scared, um, you're not scared of the team sports, which is great. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And that kind of gives you another kind of, uh, uh, of fearlessness as mm-hmm. well, that you have to, you know, sometimes you just have to go in and sometimes mm-hmm. you have to sit back and look at the lay of the land. Mm. But yeah, I'm very competitive. <laughs> That's good. You need that in the uh, So, yeah, and that training helped me to audition for the conservatories and um, when I was going to college. And I found that the feedback that I got was like, you know, you don't really sound like our conservatory students. It's all our conservatory students only want to do theater. They don't want to travel abroad. They don't want to mm. study astronomy. They don't have other interests. Mm. And I was devastated. Um mm at the time, but it was really the best advice because I, I got to study at a liberal arts college. I got to study abroad, find out other things that I was interested in, mm-hmm. and then talked with my professors and I was like, should I go to school for this? And they were like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, you should <laughs> go. I went on a theater scholarship, but mm-hmm. I was, you know, prepared to potentially do something else. And and I, I went to the University of Delaware um, for for training, okay. and yeah, that's that's. So from and the, I continue to train. Sure, you know, past course. that point, but so especially from the uni- in the film and at the University mm-hmm. of Delaware, you got your was that where you got your 
Bachelor's degree or your master's? My master's. Your master's, okay. My master's, my okay. master's. So for your bachelor's, you yeah. did the, the undergraduate yeah. liberal arts education <clears throat> because you wanted, I think that's interesting, actually, I did the same, but but you wanted a, a an expan- more expansive view because in a way, conservatory is, I'm always surprised, I mean, and this isn't to knock conservatory training, I think conservatory training's awesome and there's some really good ones um, if you know that's what you want to do. But I always feel like if actors only think about acting in theater, what do they have to act about? That's always my, so I feel like it's okay if you want to train in a conservatory. That's, I get that. But you also should yeah. always have outside interests. And I think you're, you're showing that wide range of different interests that you have that really, um, you know, color everything that you do in terms of, of the, the performances and, and, and the work. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a, certainly a way to go. Um, mm. I, I can't recommend it always because I feel like there are times when I wish that I had gone the conservatory route and just gone straight to the point of, of like, get to New York training, get the agent, get, you know, those yeah. are all of the things that, but, but who knows how this, this, uh, instrument of mine, which I'm pointing, you can't see me, but I'm pointing to myself, my, my being, my, yeah. my mm-hmm. heart, my mind, my body yeah. would have responded to that kind of mm. stimulus, especially at that young age. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's something to be said for like, if you know that's what you want to do, go. Mm-hmm. And what I would say to people who are not getting a more liberal arts, um, education is like you said like cultivate some other interests yes. so that you have something to act about yeah and, and experiences That's great advice for sure yeah but so you so there you are at the university of delaware you've got your your mfa you've gotten you know even though it wasn't conservatory at mfa is a, you know is a is a is a very valued and terminal degree in theater performance i mean you've reached the top of you know education when it comes to performance in theater. So you're, you're walking out yeah. of the University of Delaware with that. So you got training. And then what? Like, I mean, do you, is there a particular project or two? And I know you've done a lot since then. That was, a, you know, uh, something that you've, you've been yeah. working on. What, is there a project or two that you've done that you were really happy about and you thought, you know, in the theater, this really exemplifies what I want to do or the kind of theater that I want to do? You know, um, I was really fortunate that I was able to work at the Classical Theater of Harlem in one of my uh, first years here Mm -hmm. in New York. And it was a beautiful play about Nat Turner. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I was so, so moved by the community, by, by, you know, the, I was just starting to build my community of actors, um, in New York and you know it's it's it was different than kind of a downtown theater vibe which um I came to learn was like kind of scrappy and like (laughs) put together and and you you made it happen as you could so um I really really loved working at the classical theater of Harlem and then um I got to work on my first equity show that was my I think my second equity show maybe Mm. but my first equity show was a an eight-person Macbeth Mm. And I hope you're not listening anybody in this in the theater. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll say the Scottish home. play next. The Scottish play, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to keep but it was it was really amazing. I got to use some of my Roy Hart um, training, which is a, this beautiful, incredible physical and vocal. 
training um, mm -hmm. to create the witches, to create some of the kind of more ambient sound of the whole piece. And it was eight people. That's it. And wow. uh, yeah, uh, so. So um, classical, the classical theater then followed you. You know, you had mentioned um, being exposed to Shakespeare and classical theater and how that helped give you some 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 grounding when you were, you know, um, growing up. And then now here you are getting to perform it professionally, right? So that must have yeah. been amazing. And, you know, but when I think of representation, particularly of Latinx actors in Shakespeare, if you, one thing is in theater, and then if you start thinking about Shakespeare, all I can think of is Raul Julia. That's all I can think yeah. of in the, you know, the Shakespeare in the Park with, with Joseph Papp. That's all I can think of. And I know there are many, many hundreds of Latinx actors who perform Shakespeare professionally in the United States, but, but visibility wise, that's, why is that the only person I can think of? Well, uh, that, what's sad is that some people will say, Raul who? Mm. And um, so if you don't know who Raul Julia is, Look him up. Please, please go look him up. Yeah. Um, but he handled Shakespeare. I mean, there was that production yes. of Taming of the Shrew with him and Meryl Streep, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And that must have been, I mean, that guy to really, you know, so I feel the weight of what it must have been like for him to, to be, you know, look around and go, where are all the other Latinos, Latinx actors. Donde está mi gente, So he was probably wondering. Yeah. So now, do you get that feeling? Do you go in, especially going into the classical theater realm, do you sit there and go, why am I the only non-white person on this, you know, like, or Latina or Latinx person on, in this production? Yeah. Or is it or is it more integrated? Do you feel like these are, you know, have these productions been more integrated? How has it worked? I would say that Initially, it was I was one of the only Latinx people in a room, mm. only people of color in mm. a room, mm. and that was challenging. And there's mm. a kind of there's a kind of of uh, uh, it was it's strange. It was, it was really when I moved to New York that I realized, oh, I'm a Latina, <laughs> <laughs> because in Kentucky, you know, I'm. I'm just trying to be fit in with everybody else and there weren't many Latinx people. Yeah. And so to see to see all the different iterations of Latinx people, backgrounds, educations, um work, you know, it it was it, it's a really beautiful thing to know that that your possibility is more expansive than you could even imagine. Mm -hmm. And so to, to see in theaters the kind of lack of imagination mm -hmm. or, the, or the fact that, you know, oh, if you cast a Latinx um, actor as the daughter, then that means you have to have a Latinx actor as the father. Right, yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. well, I mean, not necessarily, but also like, why would that be a problem? Yeah. Yeah. And, also. And, and, right. Right. Yeah. And so. And why? also, like, yeah. if I'm a lighter skinned Latinx person, why couldn't my papa be black? Well, and that That's, is, and your your own personal experience, <laughs> right, is that your father is yeah. a little bit darker skinned than you are, right? So that's right. That I mean, that's your normal experience. So, but they don't know that a lot of times the people behind the casting table, because they don't have your experience and they don't even think to ask, that that a lot of times they don't know. Right? Well, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that, I think, I think there is some something to say for that. Is like, oh, I'm I'm ignorant to that fact, but mm -hmm. now 
I just feel yeah. like it might be willful ignorance if you don't understand mm. that there are people of all colors, all races, of in all talent ranges. Yeah. And and honestly, like if Hamilton has shown us anything, mm. is that people do not give a crap mm -hmm. about oh the founding fathers were um, all white. Well, and yes, there are definitely problems with you know putting those men and women up on pedestals when many of them were slave owners and we don't talk about that in Hamilton but look the piece right. made something shook something in the culture yeah, for sure. and I, I remember seeing a cartoon that was so poignant and it was like and really this is not to knock our our allies um, of lighter skin mm -hmm. that is truly <laughs> truly powerful and we thank you for yeah. being there um, yeah. Because it's going to take all of us. It's not. It's not any one's one, one people's fight. Mm -hmm. In fact, it might be even more um, our lighter skin uh, brothers and sisters who who may have more power in in places of power mm. um, to sure. to push it forward. Because push we we just need a bigger imagination in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what were you saying um, about Hamilton? Because that was really yeah. Interesting. Oh yeah, there was a cartoon of of this. Um, of these two little girls, one is is like a, a, a young, seemingly looking, you know, like white princess dressed girl with like a bunch of trophies. Mm -hmm. And then this other, um, uh, and on the other side is this black girl and they're on a stage dressed, you know, just like simply. Mm -hmm. And the, the little girl, the little white girl in the princess dress is like, well, I want to be in Hamilton too, and it's like the only thing on that side. I don't. I wish I knew who this cartoonist was, but it, it was like right. you literally have all the opportunities, all the and you're ones. asking. Right. You you were asked because for a time with casting, and I, I think people don't often know the background into that too. Is that you know the thing that I hear often is like, oh, well, like I didn't, I couldn't find any any actors of color uh, to fit this role. Yeah. And and so okay, great. We are creating databases for you to look at. There is no there's no right. try <laughs> there's harder. no issue. <laughs> yeah, try harder. Reach out to your people of color yeah. friends and just be like who do you know that you like? Mm -hmm. And um, if you don't have people of color in your circle of influence, that's something to look at because right. you're missing your a large right large network yep. yeah so um so you know making those opportunities for for people in power who who mm -hmm. can make different choices and this pandemic has literally pushed everything it's just like a clean slate and some mm -hmm. theaters sadly are going to go away because yeah. they are not able not have survive. not been able to maybe they're not they were maybe barely surviving before mm -hmm. this and yeah. Or some, or some are going to just take a break, kind of gather themselves, mm. and just keep on trucking and doing the same thing that they were before, mm. and and they'll die later yeah. because the 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 community of people that are coming that are trying to get interested in theater are not going to be. I don't know how to say this, but like like a bunch like we're we just need a, a bunch of change. So no, it's, absolutely. It, it, yeah, no, no. I think it will absolutely. happen. It yeah. will happen whether whether you're ready for it or not. But right right now, it's an opportunity to get ready and to mm -hmm. listen to the communities that are trying to be represented in your community. Mm -hmm. And um, and we see you. We mm -hmm. see the choices that you make, and we're going to hold you accountable, especially um, because we're, we're here for it. We have nothing to lose at this so, point. We yeah. can only go forward. And I hope that. 
and I know it will be bright, but it will, we will have some hard conversations and that's okay. Conflict mm -hmm. is not a problem. Right. We can learn. Yeah. Absolutely. Every breakdown is an opportunity for a breakthrough. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Now I will get having an open conversation about it is the key, right? To be able to talk yeah. with people all across the, the color line and spectrum because um, you know, there's a lot of racism among the different groups as well. And there's a lot of prejudice among all sorts of uh, breakdowns in our, our community, not just in our world, not just by color, but by gender, by, you know, sexuality, about other things. Absolutely. So sexual orientation, there's, there's all. So, I mean, we have, you know, poverty levels and, you know, all sorts of uh, social divisions in our country that are coming up too. So, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And talk a little bit more about being sort of the only person in the room of a certain, you know, not the non-white person in the room. And as you've developed and grown and done more projects, are you starting at least to see the Hamilton, quote unquote, we'll call it that for lack of the Hamilton effect. Are you starting to look around and go, oh, I'm not the only one. Are you, are you seeing change or is that slow to happen? I'm definitely seeing change. Um, Good. I was, I was in a recent production of Indecent, by Paula Vogel, mm -hmm. directed by Wendy C. Goldberg. And mm -hmm. it was so wonderful. I played one of the leads and people saw my name and were like, well, she would not normally be a person I would cast in this, but mm -hmm. Wendy had a vision and she took a chance on me and I, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, and so did the Guthrie. Mm -hmm. I also was my, my most recent and most like pivotal experience that, oh my God, I will probably start crying when I talk mm -hmm. about it because it's it was that heartbreaking, earth shattering and beautiful. And I hope that the audience got some of that as well. I know our Latinx people did. And what that project was is Quixote Nuevo by Octavio Solis. Mm. Um, it's, it was an adaptation of, you know, the Quixote story. Mm -hmm. Was it a and musical it or a play? On, it was a play, mm -hmm. but with music. It was so mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a musical per se, although there was dancing and there was music and we did sing. Mm -hmm. It's it was um more more of a play mm -hmm. that had music in it. Sure. And I um this play has seen a few iterations. It started out in California, um, but I was I was thankful to get onto the the kind of tour that uh, went to the Hartford stage. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to a theater in Boston, mm -hmm. and and then the Alley Theater in Houston. Mm -hmm. And it was an all Latinx cast. Mm -hmm. the The director KJ Sanchez mm -hmm. is Latina. Mm -hmm. uh, we we had a Latinx. Um, uh, Oh, I forget what's the what's the name the 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 music director. Mm -hmm. Music director. Uh, yes, and and so there were so many voices, and mm. all you could see was like a sea of beautiful brown. Mm. Emilio Emilio Delgado was our Quixote, and if you oh. don't know, Emilio Delgado is one of our the great treasures. Yes. Of, yes, he played Luis on Sesame Street. Yes. Wow! And it was life changing. Mm -hmm. to get to tell that story in our way and, and have a voice that was just so us, so 
hours, but also so so shared so quickly. Mm. I mean, there's a kind of camaraderie that you build in rehearsal, as many of your listeners will will know if they are actors, but also if they've been part of the process. That that you you build, you know, and mm-hmm. you because you have to get intimate with these people quite quickly. But for some reason, with this all Latinx cast, it was like we we were familia immediately. Hmm. And I, I still speak to all of them, all of our, you know, the designers, the director, hmm. the, the actors, the, the playwright. If you have not read any of Octavio's work, please do. You are missing out on life hmm. if you if you haven't read it. It's Octavio it's Solis. Gorgeous. Solis, right? Solis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. so this wonderful, so this is so great for you to be able to tell us the spectrum of your experiences and how um, this more recent experience was so uh, fulfilling for you and felt like something that really, um, you know, made you happy and, and, and made you connect in a way that perhaps you hadn't had a chance to connect before. And I think that's wonderful. But, you know, I wonder as I hear you talk and I hear you um, express um, a lot of your uh, feelings and your thoughts connected to this art form that we that we both love very much, the theater. Um, hearing you talk about it, you sound to me like someone, and, and don't take this the wrong way, that shouldn't be an actor. You sound like someone that should be a leader in a theater, running an artistic director of a theater, a producer, a writer. That's and so and then I look and I see, oh, you are starting to to do a lot of work as a writer and a producer. So is that how that came about? Or talk a little bit about how that's different for you than performing. I know theater and acting is your your love, but but um, talk about these new roles that you're taking on as you're exploring more about writing and producing. Well, part of being an actor is getting that job, right? And some of it is the acting job, and some of it is that job that helps you thrive as an actor, which helps support all of your other you know, artistic ventures. Mm-hmm. And so one of my professors at school would say, you know, as an actor, you're going to be waiting around for someone to give you a job. So why don't you write something mm-hmm. that you can practice and keep your skills up? I'm still working on the project, Jewel Walker. Um, shout out to you. Love you. Is that um, someone you're working on a project with? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. He's the professor who told. Oh, me the that. professor. Oh, okay. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Great. Yes. I want to be sure. I knew yeah. This. Okay. That's nice. No. 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 Nice yeah. Um. But so so the trend for many actors right now is, in order to to get your your face out there, to get your work out there, is to make it yourself. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's producing. Sometimes that's writing. Sometimes that's um, helping in an artistic way mm-hmm. or in an organizational way with someone else's project that then they put you in, and mm-hmm. you know it goes to festivals. It it goes around, and so um, I've been able to expand. I, I'm a Virgo. I really love organization. Go and it's Virgos. either all organized, <laughs> right? Yes. Right? Me it's too. either all organized or it's completely out of it because I'm not going to do it half, half ass. <laughs> yes. So, same. <laughs> same. Um, I'm putting that part of me that really likes order mm-hmm. um, to work in Good. the producerial side. Mm-hmm. And so I've produced um, a beautiful short called Con Dios. By Carlos Ibarra, 
um, and that is making the festival circuit now. It's about a young boy who's he's a, a DACA recipient and whose whose parents are unsure about being able to afford schooling for him, mm. and and how that kind of plays in a young person's psyche, their dreams of the future. Mm. I also uh, produced a short called Black Question Mark, mm. and it deals in a in a comedic way with humor and with grace uh, the beautiful damien thompson uh wrote and and stars in this short alongside other beautiful beautiful um actors and uh it it talks about you know am i black enough mm. it to your eyes so that mm. for me you know was was really interesting uh wanted to help get damien's work out there um, I'm also writing uh, mm. my own piece. It's uh, the graduate series that I'm writing with Heidi Marie Farron. She's my writing partner in LA, and we're just trying to to get a little bit of our school experience out there and make it a diverse cast, diverse, you know, by color, by ability, by sexual orientation, mm. and and really talking about the love of theater. Um, and then I'm also uh, executive producing a work by Joseph Castillo Majet, who also happens to be my husband. He's a very, very talented actor, and he grew up with undocumented parents and yeah. is wanting to show America the other side of living as a, a first-generation citizen with undocumented parents oh, wow. uh, the, the struggles of that the beauty of that how he was able to you know survive so it's it is somewhat based on his life mm. experience and we have a website if people want to check that out thisboysvida.com so the name uh, of the Vida piece spelled v- yes the name of the piece is called this boys vida v-i-d as in dog a mm-hmm. apple um so thisboysvida.com and we also were on Instagram as well and yeah it's it's interesting especially now that we have a little bit more time on our hands you know to just look at these projects and and see okay where do we need to go to push them forward Mm because we've already shot um, a trailer for this boys vida to show people a bit of the image, the the style we'd like to go into, but that's mm-hmm. part of the process. Is you 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 know if you don't don't <laughs> grow up with money, you have to search out those who will be willing to support your dream and and lift you up and push you forward. Whether it's to you know connect you with agents or to mm-hmm. uh, connect you with a, a literary manager or or a producer or somebody who believes who's trying to to look at the the future and and Mm. and say okay people aren't seeing this right now but you will be the future and so we're trying to to find other like-minded people Mm. yeah who 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 do that and some of that's found in the festival circuit and some Mm. of that is found uh, with writing rooms and and these are all these are all films you mentioned shorts so um (coughs) yes Theater, theater. Not you have your theater side, but you also incorporate the the work you do in film. And and we haven't talked much about your film work because this is a theater podcast. But that doesn't mean that one does not inform the other, and vice versa. And I know that all the training that you yeah. have in theater is pouring into 
all this work that you're doing uh, for film. And that's exciting too, right? To go across uh, mediums like that. Yeah, yeah. One, they definitely feed each other. They're mm -hmm. not the same medium, but they, yeah. they use the same instrument, which for me, I, I'm coming at, at it for, as an actor. And when I talk about my instrument, that's, that's my mind, my heart, my body, mm -hmm. my being. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so in many ways, I understand that question, like, are you acting right now? But <laughs> well, and that's the um, thing. You, I can you, you, I can be a normal human being, but but it, <laughs> it, 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 this is my instrument. So yeah. I have to take, you know, sure. I have it's to take care of, of it. And, yeah, I, and you have to be careful and, 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 and be conscious of what you're doing with it. And, and I think that's important. But so the fact that you, you know, this range that you've shown from classic classical theater to contemporary to new pieces that um, a lot of them talking about um, some of the stories of Latinx community and then also being able to have this experience in film uh, and being able to to work in film. I know that, um, you know, that you also have a whole voiceover uh, career that you work on. You're, you do commercials and, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But at, I wanted to talk just for a second, I know it's a theater podcast, but I wanted to talk about, since I know you've been working in film, in feature film as well, I know that you recently got to, to be in a film and work alongside Julianne Moore on Bel Canto, the movie. What was that like? Oh my gosh, what a beautiful actress, inside and out. What a class act. I'll tell you a story. Yes. So she is the lead in this film, right? She plays the the opera singer that was um, uh, taken hostage by all these guerrilleros who are trying to free their comrades, their their fellow guerrilleros that are in prison mm -hmm. for um, offenses that the government think they did. But mm -hmm. you know, you see both sides of the story sure. as you as the film develops. But so there is a scene where everybody is being marched out all the women are being marched out and the, the men are staying and and then they realize that oh this this american opera singer who is played by julianne moore is important we should keep her and this is a big scene we have a lot of of cameras we have two cameras going we have lights um all set up a lot of people to manage and in a very short period of time and somebody's phone goes off mm. and if you've ever been on a set mm. that is in the middle of a scene, they have to start all the way from the beginning. And there's like, you know, yeah. camera following Julianne. And hmm. I, I didn't see this, but I heard somebody say that when they were looking at her, um, the, the, there's, there's a, a person on set who's meant to kind of hold everything together. He was about to yell at the person whose phone went off. And Julianne looks over at him and just not, you know, shakes her head just let it go kind of thing. Mm. And then we moved forward. But if she had, you know, she could have been a diva in that moment and been like, what is going mm. on? Fire this person and get them out of here. Get them off my set. But she was mm. all about like, okay, no, let's focus in and let's not create any negativity. Mm. Let's move forward. And wow. she's, she's lovely. She's yeah. really, really lovely. Well, what a wonderful mm -hmm. experience that you got to work, work with her and Ken Watanabe also on that film. Is that film widely available yet? I don't know. Is it something people can watch? Um, yes, definitely. It's on, it's on, on iTunes. Um, I don't believe it. It's on Netflix yet. Right, but if people want to look it up on, on streaming services, yeah. they can find it. Streaming services everywhere. Oh, Absolutely. Well, and it, and for a time it was like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really it's a beautiful film. Oh, wonderful. So you've got your film career, which is a whole other podcast that we'll have to do one day. And then there's the um, exciting national commercials, voiceovers, audiobooks. You have this whole. You're talking about your instrument, and I think of all your background in singing your work that you do and just listening to you today during this wonderful interview, hearing your your dulcet tones of your voice. I mean, <laughs> it is really lovely to hear you speak. And um, so are you finding you. now during this whole period of sort of theaters a little bit, you know, it's we're all on a pause right now for theater. Are you finding a lot of work in audiobooks and and commercials and I know that you were the voice for the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio for NBC Universal and Univision for the promos. I heard your voice and that yes. was lovely. That was so exciting. Oh my God. That was like a dream job. And don't tell them this, but I, I went to work every day and I was like, they are paying me for this. <laughs> you deserve it. I love it. it. <laughs> you earned and that's, it. And <laughs> that's actually, oh, I definitely did. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. When you do something that you love, yeah you are not working a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, it's legit. That is legit, y'all. Yeah, and and sure. go there. Yeah. Find that, find your find your bliss. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's bringing things from the page to people's ears in a way that's pleasing and surprising. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's where comedy comes in. That's, uh, but, but for that, the 2016 Olympics, I am a, an Olympics freak. When yeah. I tell you, I will watch anything well your sports background too yeah i can imagine oh yes yes and i you know when they got those cameras underneath the pool um Mm -hmm. so that you could watch swimmers uh strokes underneath the water i was like whoa my my swimming level went way up but so (laughs) and then the fact that it was in brazil you know Mm. there's which is a brazilian word for i feel yeah, and you and I both were that we have that in common among many other things, but we were both raised in that beautiful city. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, meant, it meant a lot for both of us to to be able to to it really see did. the Olympics and just to hear your voice on every break was really kind of fun for me sitting at home. <laughs> <laughs> and I at first I didn't, and your your mom told me about it, and I was just like, oh my god, this is so great. So it added a really nice touch to to an otherwise wonderful games anyway but so Gisela we're, we're wrapping up here but tell me about you know people that you know you've mentioned a lot of exciting projects that you're you're producing and you're working on uh, not just in theater but in film and television and I know you have TV a lot of TV work that you've done as well so tell us do you have any exciting online projects coming up now with on this pause or anything that you can talk about that's coming up or if not where can also where can people find you online if they want to keep up with what you're doing yeah so i do have a couple audiobooks that are coming out uh, i already have three that have have come out so um hmm. you should definitely check them out I'd love to. Um, one is sure it is wood it is stone by gabriela burnham beautiful luscious novel set in brazil and with the first um, couple words of the song waters of march wonderful so it's a, a bossa nova yeah. song by by um uh tonjo being right and so wonderful so what else that's the title yes. it's wood it's a stone yes stone. and then there was this beautiful beautiful collection of poems um where the the poets were asked to react to the pandemic and mm. it's called together in a sudden strangeness 
Together in a sudden um, strangeness. Wow. Okay. Yes, yes. And then the third one is called The Talk, Conversations About Race. Ooh. Love, and I'm forgetting the last thing that I'm supposed to. That's okay. That, that the title is the talk, right? The talk. That yes, it's a, it's a, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful, important book, mm. and talking. You know, it's it's referencing the talk that most um, most people of color have to have with their children of color. Oh wow! Living living in a nation that sees them for the color of their skin versus their capabilities mm. and their potentials. Yeah. And um, so it's poignant, it's necessary, it's beautiful. Whether you have children of color or not, I really feel everyone should read this book well, or hear this book. <laughs> I was going to say, I would read it, but I think I'm going to instead opt for the audio version just because I want to hear your beautiful voice because <laughs> it's so soothing and, and I want to be able and it's so interesting I like to hear you talk it, it's going to draw me in uh to, to the subject so it yeah. is wood it is stone poems mm -hmm. uh that were called together what is it what in is a it? sudden strange together in a sudden strangeness it's together in a sudden strangeness and the talk those yeah. are three audiobooks that if people download they will hear you narrating Yes, that's right. Boy. And I have two more coming out wow. after that. Um, uh, a book of prayers. Oh, no. Uncommon prayers. Well, Shoot. listen, people can look, I'm can, forgetting can look it up. This. Is there a website people can, yes. can find out more about you so that they know what's coming? And if it's not been released yet, they can follow you. Are you a social media person? You mentioned an Instagram page for, I am. for the, the, the short you're I, doing with your, your husband. But what else? Is there a Gisela page? Yes, I do have a, a, a Gisela page. It's at Gisela Chipe on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Um, you can find all of, you know, all of the information there. I post pictures from theater. I love taking photos backstage, you know, during tech and things. So you'll see some of that there, and also um, audiobooks and as well as commercials that I've I've been able to shoot. Um, yeah, and uh, what else would I say? Oh, the, so the, the This Boy's Vida I mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, thisboysvida.com, that's a series that we're working on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, well, so you I'm are always, busy. <laughs> uh, I, I am, I, uh, but I was just going to say that if there's ever anyone who has any questions about, you know, this, this business and mm -hmm. the way that I've totally. done, I've, I've laid out some of what I've done, you know, mm -hmm. it's not the full, the full um, plan, but also... Things come as a surprise at times, but if there's ever any anyone that wants to engage, I'm very happy to talk on social media. Mm -hmm. Just send me a message, and 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 we'll we'll get to chatting about it. Especially if you're trying to push things forward and and want your voice to be heard. And and that's what I would say too is, as I'm as I'm writing, I realize how important it is to hear other voices. And and if you're not hearing it, you've got to write it yourself. Wonderful. Just know that it's it's valuable. Your voice is valuable, and we want to hear you. That's fantastic. Well, Gisela, I really hope that you one day get have enough time with all these things you're doing to write your book 
that I'm going to want to um, pick up about, you know, being a Latinx uh, actor in the theater and in this business. Uh, I would love to read that. <laughs> so I'm putting that out in the universe. I don't know if you're even interested in writing Ooh. it, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to put you. it out there, see what happens with it, whether it becomes a, a movie, a play, or a book that you write or narrate. I don't know. One of those ways I think you need to to, to marinate with that for a bit. That's my my what I'm putting out there for you. Well, thank you, Stefan. And also for creating this beautiful podcast that puts people's voices that are often ephemeral in a way because what happens in the theater happens in that moment. And so to be able to capture a little bit of that essence and then also see what other people are doing past that performance to, to make it in this business and to to continue uh, you know, serving the, the the communities that they live in. I appreciate you you sharing our voices that way. So thank you. Thank you so much for being on American Theater Artists Online. Thanks. Bye-bye. Ciao. Ciao.